Welcome back to Current Affairs, our show about the stories of love gone fatally wrong that are in the news right now. Andy is traveling this week, so I'll be holding down the fort on another crazy set of stories in true crime this week. We start, as per popular request, with another brief update in the Gilgo Beach murders and the case of the Long Island serial killer. There were two important events worth mentioning. The first update surrounds the discarded pizza box in Manhattan that linked Rex Heuerman to the crimes via DNA. Heuerman's defense made a filing that argued that prosecutors had failed to show a direct connection between the box and the defendant. The defense said that the DNA could have belonged to someone else, someone else who happened to be the Long Island serial killer. The defense was pushing this line in order to try to prevent the prosecution from taking a new DNA swab, which presumably would match the results on the pizza box. Unfortunately for Heuerman, the judge in the case was not buying it. The judge wrote on Wednesday that there was probable cause and thus agreed to compel the DNA swab. The other major bit of news came last Friday when the Suffolk County District Attorney announced that one of the presumed Lisk victims, whose identity had previously been unknown, was finally able to be positively identified. Jane Doe number 7 had part of her remains discovered on Long Island's Fire Island in April of 1996 and additional body parts discovered in April of 2011. She has now been identified as Karen Vergata, who had been 34 years old when she went missing in February of 1996. Like most of the other women Hureman has been accused of killing, she was working as a sex worker at the time of her death. The prosecutors have not officially linked Hureman to Karen's death just yet. Next, we turn to an extremely disturbing story out of Florida. On July 21st, Delray Beach authorities received a phone call about a suspicious package. The callers were pet-sitting some friends and noticed strange luggage on the lawn. The package they called to report was a suitcase that, upon closer inspection, had a human foot sticking out of it. When the bag was opened, authorities would also find, quote, human legs and several small landscaping rocks. An airline sticker on the suitcase blared Barbosa, which would later be revealed to be a name connected to the victim. Said Sheriff Javier Salazar, there wasn't really a whole lot of effort to hide the body other than it was inside a suitcase. In quick succession, two more suitcases were found in or near the nearby water, one with a pelvis and one with a torso in each containing more landscaping rocks. Finally, a day later, a dismembered head was found stuffed inside a tote bag that had been tied shut with twine. Nearby was a purse with items seemingly meant to weigh it down in the water that had been similarly tied with the same twine. The victim's head showed a gunshot wound behind the ear. Initially not sure of the victim's identity, the authorities released a sketch made by police artists of what she might have looked like as well as photos of her clothing and the suitcases. Tips soon started popping up, and a number of the witnesses identified an older man who had come to look at one of the suitcases in the water at least five or six times over a three-day period. Another witness said an older man used a metal pole to push something into the waterway. Investigators caught a break when they noticed blood on a metal dock ladder near where the third suitcase had been found. Using surveillance footage, police identified 78-year-old William Lowe climbing down that bloody dock ladder early on the morning of July 20th, and then again a few hours later. Later, an officer would report seeing a gold Ford Taurus near the scene that belonged to Lowe. And finally, on the day that police found the remains, 
Lowe was apparently nearby just watching the suitcase. A witness reported that when Lowe saw the police, he muttered, shit, and got in his car and drove away. Police were eventually able to use dental records to identify the victim as 80-year-old Adel Barbosa Fontes. Adel was, you guessed it, William Lowe's wife. On July 31st, police first questioned Lowe. He said that he was married to Adel, but that she had been in Brazil for the previous three weeks. He said that he could not remember when he had last spoken to his wife and claimed not to have seen the suitcases before. That day, however, police executed a search warrant for Lowe's home, which was, it turns out, less than a tenth of a mile from where the third suitcase had been found. The lead detective on the case described the scene at Lowe's home as probably the worst I've seen because he dismembered a body. During the 18-hour search, authorities found blood in every single room in the apartment, bloody drag marks throughout the home, cleaning supplies, some of which contained blood spatter, and a 9mm gun in a desk drawer. A neighbor in the building's maintenance manager also said that they had seen a trail of soup-like substance leading from Lowe's front door to that of his sister's apartment, which was one floor above. By the way, neighbors also reported not having seen Lowe's sister in more than two years. Wildly, at one point during the search, police caught William Lowe trying to sneak back into the apartment through a window. When confronted, Lowe told police he wanted to get his phone and his keys to his storage unit. Which, of course, just led police to realize that they had an entirely new place to search in the form of that storage unit. On August 2nd, police opened up the unit as security storage of Del Rey to find a bloody chainsaw with, quote, bone matter, flesh, and human hair in the hosing of the saw. Whew, well, that was just about enough. Thank you very much. And Lowe was arrested that very night. Lowe has entered a plea of not guilty and is being held without bond. Of course, at this time, we have no further information about what the motive could have been. It's hard to imagine what possible reason a 78-year-old man could have to kill his 80-year-old wife. For now, residents of Delray Beach and people around the world are watching the gruesome case with horror. We will, of course, be keeping you posted as new developments arise, and I am still very much wondering where this man's sister is. That's going to have to do for today's episode. We will have Andy back next week. And until next time, I'm Jesse Prey, signing off for Love Murder Current Affairs.